Hey, welcome to the AOL Podcast. Let's dive right into this week's message with Pastor Travis Bennett. How many of y'all know Jesus Christ is our living hope? How many of y'all know he wasn't, was our hope, he is our hope? He's not the I was, he is the I am. How many of y'all know this? Uh, just real quick, I'm just going to share with you some things that God put on my heart to share with you tonight. How many of y'all know a lot can change in one week? I'm going to say that one more time. How many of y'all know a lot can change in one week? You know, I saw, I saw it posted several different people. It's a picture of the, uh, of the, uh, the branch. It had a picture of the nails. It had a picture of the crown of thorns and then the cross at the end. And I just began to think, wow, a lot can change at the end of a, or in a week. I begin to think about my life and some things that I've gone through before of something heavy that I've received maybe by a phone call or a letter in the mail or, uh, or, or something that's happened in my life, maybe sickness, maybe it's a kind of a pain that came on me. Uh, I, I, I know how heavy that can be or maybe inside of a relationship that has some tension there, but I'm telling you it may be heavy on Monday, but just give it a little time. Cast all your care on him for he cares for you. Isn't it amazing how the enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy inside of our head and in our mind and tell us there's no way, there's, there's a way out. But I'm here to tell you as we celebrate Good Friday, what Jesus did for us, he told us and showed us that there's always a way out. Are you hearing me tonight? Like a lot can happen in a week. I begin to think about in Joshua chapter 6 of how the Israelites are now taking the land of Canaan and they come across this Jericho wall that is there. And on Monday, it seemed way bigger than them. But God, through his word and through the obedience of his word and the instruction that he gave them, he said, you march around at six days. And on the seventh day, you march around at seventh day and the walls will come down. How many of y'all know Monday was different from Saturday? Come on. How many of y'all have ever been there before where Monday is different from Saturday? I thought about it too in 2 Kings chapter 7, you know, in Samaria when, when they're there. And the Bible says that they were selling a donkey's head for so much and dove dung for so much. But the prophet of the Lord, Elisha, God began to speak to him. He said, by this time tomorrow, by this time tomorrow, you'll be able to buy barley and you'll be able to buy wheat for, for no amount of, hardly any amount of money. How many of y'all know something can change in just a blink of an eye? Don't you know what Jesus went through for you, for, for us? What we see happen in one week's time, it was amazing the transition that happened from that Sunday to that Sunday. Don't you know we serve the God of suddenly? Don't you know we serve the God in the midnight hour? He shows up in the time that we need him the most. Come on, don't you know that we serve a God when there seems like there's no way out? He makes a way when there seems to be no way. Bible says to cast all your care on him for he cares for you. And thinking about Jesus tonight, I was thinking in Luke's gospel, 19.10, he said the son of man came to seek and to save those things which were lost. In Acts 10.38, he said Jesus of Nazareth, that, that, that he came to um, heal those that were oppressed of the enemy. I'm so thankful for what Jesus has done in my life. But I thought about it this last Sunday. I preached on Palm Sunday about how Jesus became... How many of y'all know Jesus didn't come to be served, but, uh, uh, but he came to serve? And in an act of humility, the Bible says that he fixed, in the book of Luke, that he fixed his eyes on Jerusalem, knowing that he was about to die to suffer the, for the sins of man. John the Baptist, when he saw Jesus, he said, Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world for all mankind. 
And so when Jesus fixes his eyes on Jerusalem and he rides through the donkey and they're praising him and they say, Hosanna, Hosanna in the highest. Come and save us. But then at the end of the week, this would be the same people that would say crucify him. Isn't it amazing in the story as I was reflecting on it and thinking about it today? I was just going through all the events of what Jesus went through. I thought to myself, what would be the last words that I would give somebody if I knew I was about to die? There Jesus was in the upper room in the last supper where he's having, where we're about to do is celebrate communion tonight. He said, this is the cup of the new covenant. The cup of the new covenant. He talked about his body that would be broken for them. He tells, tells Judas that's across the table for him. He says, hey, go and do what you have to do because he's already made a deal with Caiaphas and the rulers for 30 pieces of silver that he would portray Jesus in front of all of them. So then he goes, as his custom, he goes to the Garden of Gethsemane as he begins to pray. The Bible says the spirit was so heavy on him, he began to drop, uh, to sweat drops of blood. He said, Father, take this cup from me. How many of y'all know it was heavy what Jesus did for us? The lowly beast of burden, how he took our sins, our infirmities. He, he was about to bear all of this. How heavy that had to be on our Christ Jesus. His friends are over there, and he says, uh, they're, they're falling asleep. And he says, why are you sleeping at this time? But you know the story, how Malchus walks up with Judas with his bag of silver in his hands, and he said, that's the one. Already he's been betrayed by him, but Malchus walks up in John's gospel, chapter 18. They ask him if he is this Jew, if he is this leader of the Jews. And when the Bible says in John chapter 18, when he says, I am he, the power of God goes into operation. It says that they hit the ground, that it was a band of men, 300 to 600 officials that come with Malchus and Judas here. Malchus is, is the right-hand man to Caiaphas, the leader of, of the Sadducees and Pharisees. And he comes up with him. And he says, I am he, and the power of God hit the room. In fact, Mark's gospel talks about a naked boy that came out of the ground because the power of God went into operation and a dead boy was raised to life. Come on, aren't you thankful for the words that Jesus spoke? Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. The same authority that Jesus spoke with is the same authority that I have on my life today and on your life as well. So as I was thinking about this and reflecting on it, how, how Peter, this is one of the things that stood out to me this year, how Peter, how he cuts off Malchus's ear, and before Jesus is about to be like a lamb led to the slaughter, he takes the ear, well, he doesn't, the Bible's not clear on this, but he heals the man's ear, but still they take him, and the Bible says that they dragged him like a sheep, like literally something around his neck, and pulled him right there into the Sanhedrin of all these men where they begin to spit on him, where they begin to accuse him, where they were falsely accusing him. The Bible says open-handedly. When you look at it in the Greek, they beat him. There's all these men. They were playing games before him, spitting in his face, blindfolding him, saying, which one is it, prophet? Tell us which one of, it that, that, which one of us is the one that hits you. Then they take him before Pilate. Pilate is the governor of, of Judea at this time, and they take him before him. They had a plan. They knew this. If, if Pilate didn't crucify him, they knew that they could have Pilate in trouble. They could get rid of Pilate. They could take over. But if Pilate didn't crucify him and they couldn't get rid of Pilate, they would have to take him back into their hands, and they had every ability to stone him. And so they go before Pilate, 
They take Jesus before Pilate there. And he sees, I see no record of wrong of this man. He asked him the question, and judicial law was this. If you didn't answer three times, it was automatically a guilty sentence. And three times in the book of Luke, it is portrayed to us that, that Pilate asked him three times, are you this king of the Jews? Are you this king of the Jews? Are you this king of the Jews? And not one time, in fact, you see in the book of Isaiah 52, that Jesus, not one word would be spoken. Peter talks of it as well. He doesn't speak one word because he knows what he has to do for you and for me. Aren't you thankful for what Jesus knew that he had to do for you and for me? So the fourth time he asked him and he says, yes, I am he. So he sends him. He said, I see no record of wrong in this man. So he sends him before Herod Antipas. The Bible says that Herod is anxious to see him. The reason he's anxious is because his dad was Herod the Great. Herod, the one who tried to kill him. Pharisees tried to kill him. There's nobody that could kill him. The Bible says he had to lay down his life for you and me. Aren't you thankful that he freely laid down his life for you and me? So here, here is Herod Antipas. And the Bible says he's curious to see him because he's, he's the one where his parents fled to Egypt. He's the one where, where the, the, the wise men came from afar to see him. He's the one that his, dad, his daddy made a declaration to kill all these Jewish boys. But he lived through all of it. And he said, aren't you the one? Come on, do something for us. And Jesus wouldn't do anything. He wouldn't perform. The Bible says that he put a, they begin to make fun of him. All the people inside the place, they begin to mock him, destroy him. Now, Jesus, he's made, been made a mockery from Judas. He's now, I want you to think about this, Malchus, who he healed in the Garden of Gethsemane. He stood by while all these people beat him, while he just got a brand new ear from the Son of God. And now Herod, he's doing the same thing. He's making fun of him. He says, you know what? I know you're a Galilean, but I'm going to send you back to Pontius Pilate. He goes before Pontius Pilate. The Bible says that he has no record of wrong in him. In fact, in the book of uh, Mark, it tells us that Pontius Pilate's wife obviously had something that she believed in Jesus. Well, you could look at it so many different ways, but she had compassion on him. And he says... It was during the time of the Passover. That's the whole reason that he was there because lots of people were, were around. And so Pilate, he says, uh, this would be the time where they would let one go. And everybody yells, the same people, I'm sure, that said, Hosanna in the highest, save us, are now saying, release Barabbas. The one who was a traitor, the one who had committed treason, the one who had, who had had a coup against the government. But they said, release this man of his crimes. But we want him crucified. Pilate said, I see no record of wrong in this man. He washed his hands. He said, he's not guilty, but I'm giving him a guilty charge. We'll crucify him. And what we'll do is, is we'll put a, a, first of all, let's scourge him. Romans the Bible tells us in the book of Deuteronomy, when a Jew, Jew would be whipped or scourged, it, they would do it less than 40 times. In fact, in the Apostle Paul in 1 Corinthians, he talked about he, 39 minus 1, meaning the Jews believed this. If they got beat more than four times by a cat of nine tails, that tells us that they would die from this scourging. It was so terrible. The Romans were the best at it. In fact, they didn't have a number. They would go till somebody died. Cat of nine tails would be 18 to 24 inches long. In fact, I got one over here somewhere, right here. 
This is what I use on my children. Just kidding. I got two paying attention right up here. But I want you to think about this. There was steel inside of these. There was bone. There was metal. All kinds of things inside of there. They put it. They had a ring to a two-foot post. Completely naked. These Romans stripped him bare and naked. He's been spit on now. What a... When somebody spits in your face, how many of y'all know that's the worst treatment somebody could give you? Now when you're naked before everybody, that's even, that's terrible. But the Bible tells us that, that he called for them to be scourged, to be flogged. And the Bible says that by his stripes we are healed. I want you to think about what that was on that day. Every time that connect inside of Jesus's flesh wrapping around him in fact scholars say that the Romans when they would scourge someone when they would beat them when they would beat them over and over that their blood pressure blood pressure would rise so much lots of times they would die just from the pain and every time ripping it from him it would stick he would rip it out he had nerves that were sticking out I'm sure you could see his rib cage and everything but by his stripes, we are healed. Come on, I'm going to say that again. By his stripes, Isaiah 53, 5 and 1 Peter 2, 24 says that by his stripes, we are healed. When he was done with that, no telling how many times they beat him. The Bible says they take him right inside of the garden there where, where, where uh, Pontius Pilate, where all of his men were. The Bible tells us that there was a cohort of men, that there was probably three to six hundred guards that were guarding him and they put a royal robe probably one from Pontius Pilate's uh, 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 inside of his closet the Bible says that they got a crown of thorns and they thrust it upon his head meaning it was stuck now he's been spit on he's been beat he's been scorched Now they have a crown of thorns. And think about all the blood across his back, completely naked, blood everywhere. And they put this robe over him to make fun of him, saying, if you want to be a king, you better dress like one. They take this crown of thorns. They lodge it into the skull of Jesus where blood began to flow. Aren't you thankful for the blood of Jesus? They put this on his head. They shoved it down in there. The Bible's very clear that these guards that were around him still are making fun of him. If you're really a king, do something about this. Then it came time for Jesus to be crucified. He would carry the cross beam 100 pounds. With all of that pain, the Bible says that they actually took that robe off of him. I want you to think about how that ripped this flesh right off of his back. With the meshed blood sponged into his back. Now he's naked before everybody, carrying this cross beam to the, to the place of the skull, Golgotha. And I, we, we don't know, um, Simon of Cyrene, we don't know how much, a whole lot about him, but it says that, the, that these guards asked him to help Jesus. You know how much pain he was going through as he was taking it up to the place of the skull. But as he gets up there, I read some... Uh, I, as I was reading this week about how there was some, um, some ladies with there with some hyssop that could give him some painkillers, but Jesus didn't take any of it. 
But then, as they laid him there, I'm, I'm just, I'm not trying to be necessarily super graphic tonight, but I just want you to think about what it was like when they began to run the nails inside of his hands and inside of his feet. The whole time he was thinking about that time in your life where you were running from God. That time in your life where you had sickness in your body, every nail that was driven, you know the pain that that was taking place. Of the hurt that you would go through in your life, the loss that you would experience in your life, the breakup, the hurt, the things that you don't necessarily understand. Come on, I hope this gets in your heart tonight of what Jesus came to do for you and I. We reflect on Jesus. He made a way when there seems to be no way. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Came to seek and to save those that which were lost. They put him up on that cross. The whole time he was thinking of you. He was thinking of you. I want you to think about that tonight. He was thinking of me. He was thinking about your situation. He was thinking about your sin. He was thinking about that illness. He was thinking about you and about me. What value did Jesus have in me? And one of the best parts is this. is When Jesus is up on that cross, he says... Before he dies, there's so much. I'm probably skipping so many things, but as we reflect tonight, one of the things that always points out to me is he says, it is finished. Telelestai in the Greek. You know what that meant? Just lean in right real quick. I'm almost done. Telelestai, you know what it meant? It meant in the Greek, it means this. If, if a master told a servant to go do something, he would come back when the, when the task was finished. He would say, Telelestai, I did exactly what you called me to do and asked me to do. How many of y'all know John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. The next thing that Telelestai also meant was when in the Old Testament, in the Old Covenant, when the high priest would go in the Holy of Holies, he would come out and say, Telelestai, your sins have been paid in full for the rest of the year. It also meant this, if, a, if somebody owed somebody a debt, and by the time they paid the last dollar of the debt to the person that they owed, they would put the last dollar in their hand and he would say, Telelestai, my debt is paid in full. How many of y'all know when Jesus said telelestai, he was saying your debt has been paid completely in full. The last thing was this. When a king would now become a new ruler of a kingdom, he would say telelestai. And the reason he said that, it's the end of one era and it's the beginning of a new one. And as I think about that today, the beginning of a new one, I would be criminal to not talk about the blood of Jesus tonight. You know, one of the main themes throughout the Word of God is the blood of Jesus. Come on, can we be thankful for the blood of Jesus tonight? Come on, can we be thankful for the blood of Jesus tonight? We've overcome by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of our testimony. And as I was thinking about the blood, 
this morning. I was thinking about, if you've read the Old Testament, that's the, that's the Old Covenant. And the New Testament is the New Covenant. If you don't know what covenant means, it means to cut. There's something that happens. You don't mess with the blood. If I was the devil... What I would do to a Christian, I would do everything that I can to stop them from learning and understanding that there is power in the blood of Jesus. Like I would do everything that I could not to, not to show up to when the preacher's talking about the blood of Jesus. In fact, every week I want to talk about the blood of Jesus because it's the blood who speaks. It's the blood who, that heals. It's the blood that redeems. It's the blood that forgives me of my sin. Come on, how many of y'all thankful for the blood? The blood of Jesus has been redeemed by the blood. And so as I was thinking about that, just like, uh, um, I forget the name in in the Old Testament, when the blood is sprinkled over the mercy seat and they cover it. And he uncovers it, and 50,000 people died because Jesus, or or God made a promise with us, don't uncover what I have covered by the blood. Come on, don't uncover what God is covered by the blood. But thinking about the Old Testament and the New Testament, Jesus said, this is the, the cup of the new covenant that I have made for you. See, when he said, tell a lest I, there was something that happened even more than what I'm talking about tonight. He was saying, there's now a new cut covenant. In the Old Covenant, there was the blood that was spilled of animals. But today, telelestai, it is finished. There's no more animals that need to be shed anymore. Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. Come on, how many of y'all thankful for Jesus and what he did at telelestai? Come on, aren't you thankful that he said it is finished? He laid down his life for you and I. And as I was thinking about that this morning, I shared with you guys a story out of, out of 1 Samuel chapter 18. If those of you that were on this morning, the Lord reminded me of this story of how Goliath has been defeated by David and now David is in the house of Saul. It says, when David had finished speaking to Saul, the soul of Jonathan was bonded with the soul of David and Jonathan loved him, and him as himself. Saul took David that day and did not let him return to his father's house. Then Jonathan made a covenant just as Jesus made with us, with David because he loved him as himself. Jonathan stripped himself of his outer robe that he was wearing and gave it to David with his armor, including his sword, his bow, and his belt. Can I tell you, Jesus did the same thing for us when he went into covenant with us. He said, the robe of royalty that I wear, you now are crowned with those same things. Come on, the same things that Christ did is the same things that I can do today. How many of y'all believe I can lay hands on the sick and see them recover? Come on, I can say unto this mountain, be thou removed and be cast in the sea and not doubt in my heart. Come on, how many of y'all believe this morning that the same position that Jesus was in is the same position that I can be in today? Greater works shall I do, the Bible says. Because of the blood of Jesus. Now Jonathan gave David his sword. That means he gave him a position of power. The same spirit that raised Christ from the dead lives in me. He cut covenant with you 
in me. Thank you, Jesus, for the blood. Come on, thank you, Jesus. Come on, right there where you are, just say, thank you, Jesus, for the blood. Thank you, Jesus, for the blood. So let's all stand together. As you've, as you've heard that's the story tonight, I want to end it with this and tell you this. A lot can happen in a week. How many of y'all know a lot can happen in a week? What they thought they were really getting him, it may be Friday, but Sunday's coming. When I was thinking about this, there's so many believers that they miss out because they don't apply the blood to their life. I heard this story by Reinhard Bonnke years ago, and if you ever heard him, he was a German that saved millions in Africa. God put it on his heart. Man, what an anointed man of God. But I heard this story one time of how they put him up on a pedestal uh, to debate an atheist. And he was up there. I actually saw the footage of this. And this atheist said, if you're so... That, and that was his message. He preached on the blood all over the world. And millions came to Jesus because of the blood of Jesus Christ. And so he said, if you believe in the power of the blood so much, why is it that over the 2,000 years that Christ has been gone, that you believe in this Christ, how come it has gotten worse? Why hasn't there been power in your so-called blood? He said, well... There's soap all over this country, but yet they're still dirty and stinky people. He said, you can sit, you can work at a soap factory. Your mama can buy you all kinds of soap. You, you might even, you, you might have it running out of your ears. I forget what all he said, but he said this, if you don't apply the soap to your body, you'll stay dirty. Come on, how many of y'all know we need to apply the blood of Jesus to us? Come on, that washes away all of our sins and cleanses us from all unrighteousness. Come on, I don't know about you, but I want to apply the blood to my life. And as we do this, as we do this, just don't go through the motions. In fact, I'll say this. I know it's Good Friday and Easter's coming. But if you're in here and you say, you know what, I'm not close to the Lord don't be doing this. Don't mess with the blood. Don't mess with the blood. Don't mess with the body. But if, if you're away from God and you want to come close to him and you say, you know what, Pastor, I'm out there. There's sin in my life. And tonight you painted a picture of a Savior that paid the penalty of sin and death for me. If you're out there and you say, I'm away from God. At one time I served him, but there's some thing, choices that I've made in my life that I've turned my back on him, and I'm not serving him at this time. Listen, don't leave here tonight without getting your heart right with Jesus. The wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. So if there was sin in your life, there had to be a penalty of death, and it's already been paid for. Telelestai, it is finished. Jesus did the work. But he said, you have to confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus. Believe in your heart that he died. He was buried on the third day, rose again. He come live on the inside of you. If, there, if you're out there and there's sin in your life that you have not confessed and put under the blood, don't go one more moment without putting it under the blood. And I'll tell you this, what I already said, don't uncover what God's already covered. Come on, don't bring it back up. 
Let's cover it by the blood tonight. So if you're out there and you say, Pastor, I'm away from God, but tonight I need to get things right with him. Just lift your hand. I want to pray with you. Who is that? Is there anybody out there before we do this? Amen. I see that little hand right there. Is there any, anybody else? You have your hand raised? And say, you know what? I need to do that. I see that hand back there. Is there anybody else that you need to get things right with God? I'm seeing hands all over the room. With every head bowed, with every eye closed. Pray this prayer with me. Say, Jesus. Say, Jesus. I admit I'm a sinner. I've turned my back on you. But tonight, I see the payment you made for me. I believe you died, you were buried, and on the third day, you rose again. Come live in my heart, Jesus. I choose to serve you all the days of my life. You're now my Savior. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So is everybody ready? Welcome to the kingdom of God. Those of you that prayed that prayer, come on, we put it under the blood. Give them a hand for praying that prayer with us tonight. Come on, give them a hand. The Bible says... Amen. So let's do this together. Let's take out the bread. And God, we say thank you for your body that was broken for us. Thank you for the stripes that were across your back, the crown of thorns that was on your head. Your body was broken for me body was broken for these in this room and so Lord as we remember your body that was broken we're not only remember of what you did then but what you're going to do in advance you're coming back for us thank you that you came to seek and to save those that were, which were lost go ahead and take of the bread God tonight we apply the blood we thank you for the blood that was poured out on that cross at Calvary. God, I pray that as we apply the blood tonight, as we take this, Lord, I thank you for healing that takes place in this room. I pray for broken hearts to be mended back together. I pray for sickness in people's bodies to be totally restored, made whole in Jesus' name. Thank you for the blood that was poured out for each and every one of us. It's your strength flowing into our weakness. And Lord, we say thank you on this Good Friday. Thank you, thank you, thank you for the blood. Amen. A lot can happen in a week. Hey, I want to remind somebody, a lot can happen in a week. Somebody needs to get that in your heart tonight. When you leave here... You may be heavy on, something may be heavy on you, but I want to remind you, a lot can happen. Well, we want to thank you for joining us on our podcast today. We pray that you heard from God and that this message was for you. If you haven't already, hit the subscribe button and leave us a review. It helps us reach more people with this message. Arena of Life takes pride in connecting to God, to church, and to people. And we want to connect with you. So don't forget to check us out on all social media platforms 
to check out our website, arenaoflifechurch.org, and to download the Church Center app and to choose Arena of Life as your church. And a special thanks to those who make a difference by giving generously. You help us change lives and produce weekly content like this that reaches the world. If you're interested in partnering with us, you can give by clicking the link in our bio through the website arenaoflifechurch.org or through the Church Center app. May the Lord bless you and keep you, and we'll see you next week. Thank you.